0: to the gridiron show in association with touchdown trips getting you in the game coming up on today's show we speak with former packers and vikings wide receiver greg jennings a super bowl winner lots to get into with him we review thursday night football and we preview all of the week 14 games lots for us to get into ben mortimer joins us from touchdown trips this is the gridiron show Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Thank you to everyone that listened to yesterday's show, to Tyrese Johnson-Fisher, who was fascinating. Lots to get into with him, to NFL UK for setting that up. Uh, and uh, yeah, keep getting in touch with us at Gridiron, we'd love your thoughts on the, on the conversation we were having about the possibility of a, a lockout of the next CBA, what Roger Goodell's contract means, the, the kind of situation going on in the NFL with the ownership, the fines, the suspensions. Uh, love hearing from you at Gridiron on Twitter. I'm at Will Gavin. He is at Ollie Hunter.
1: I am indeed. I am indeed. What a what a lovely uh, burrito bowl we had lunch yesterday after, after I would say, a, a pretty tetchy, <laughs> tetchy start and end to the show.
0: We've decided it's just because I'm hangry all the time.
1: I think it is. I think it is. I'm hoping it is.
0: Oh, I, I, am, I am hangry right now. Not angry. I'm just hungry. Is that but because I... we haven't gone... For the, for <laughs> don't don't start <laughs> no, okay, okay. uh, it confuses me the space-time <laughs> continuum will be a mess i can't i can't handle it um how, how was greg jennings uh i don't know <laughs> yet hasn't g- happened yet ah! you're meant to then go he's delightful <laughs> well we'll hear if he's delightful in a moment in fact should we start off by hearing the thoughts on thursday night football And then from Greg Jennings, and then we'll come back and preview the weekend's games. Yeah. Let's not mess about. Let's get this done. Get into it. All right, well, here is the Thursday Night Football Review, except it's going to be kind of a bit of a double down, because since we recorded the initial part of this podcast on Thursday lunchtime, the Cleveland Browns have fired... And hired a new GM, John Dorsey, now in the building. So um, I'm going to get to John Dorsey in a little while as well. But let's start off with Thursday Night Football. And what a game we got. Dion Jones, man, man does Dan Quinn owe that guy? Not just a beer, he owes him a whole bar. He made a leaping interception in the end zone with a minute 25 remaining, and the Falcons held on for a crucial 20-17 to 17 victory over the Saints, setting up a three-way race for the NFC title. I've got some notes on this game, but just think about this going forward. We've got two teams with eight wins. We've got a team on nine wins. If the Saints beat the Bucks, Let's just imagine that everyone beats who they're expected to beat. So If the Saints beat the Jets... And the Bucks, they're eleven wins. They should be in, regardless of what happens in that replay with the Falcons. The Panthers beat the Bucks, and nobody else, because they could lose to an Aaron Rodgers Packers. They could lose to the Vikings, and if the Falcons beat the Buccaneers but lose to the Saints in two weeks' time, splitting the home road, we could have a situation. We've got the nine and six Falcons and the nine and six Panthers on week 17. If that's not Sunday night football material, I do know not know what is a win and in situation. Very exciting. But let's talk about this game. And there's quite a few facts I want to talk about. I want to talk about Dion Jones in general because the guy made the game-winning interception, but that didn't even begin to tell the story of what was an incredible performance from the guy. 13 tackles, seven of those solos, three tackles for loss, two passes defended, an interception added to that. As well. The guy was an absolute monster all day long. Uh, Really, really impressive. Penalties were a massive issue in this game. Matt Ryan threw three picks. The Saints should not be taking 17 points off three picks. And and there was an amazing stat which Chris Collinsworth threw out. 11 picks this year versus seven last year on Matt Ryan. But only three this year have actually been his fault. Two of them coming in last night's game. There was one that was on Austin Hooper right at the start of the second half which was in and out of his hands and the Saints did manage to turn into a Michael Thomas touchdown. Michael Thomas, by the way, 10 receptions, 115 odd yards and a touchdown. He, I've been dropping his name left right and centre recently he had another massive game but that is what I make it eight this season interceptions which aren't on Matt Ryan where something weird has happened where it's hit a receiver's hands and come out where it's been a drop that's been picked up that is not sustainable and that's the reason I don't think Matt Ryan is having as bad a season as say as fancy numbers are suggesting uh, a real issue for the Saints was penalties. Uh, nine of, uh, of Atlanta's eventual first downs, and at the first, start of the first court, fourth quarter, it was eight of Atlanta's 20 first downs came from the Saints' penalties. Now, some of those situations were the Saints would have got a first down anyway, but there was a holding, and it pushed it a little bit further, etc. But eight out of 20 to start the game. Um, Marshall Lattimore came back from injury, but clearly wasn't game fit. He had to come out of drives on three separate occasions to take oxygen, he was taking oxygen between drives and that was a big issue when last one went out of the game Sterling Moore got burned for a touchdown which was the, the one that levelled the game up at 17 apiece there was a great moment from Chris Collinsworth pulling a full-on Tony Romo where the the Falcons' offense have been struggling to get going. At the start of the fourth quarter, Collinsworth just went, Do you know what i do? They're playing really good man defense. This backfield have been great. I'm not doing a Chris Collinsworth impression. That wasn't terrible. That was really terrible. But they put a bunch... He's like, I put bunch formations and forced them to play zone. They did that on the next two plays. They got an 11-yard gain to Julio Jones and then the touchdown. Uh, it, so, yeah great call from Chris Collinsworth well worth a a listen and the reason I particularly say that uh, Dion Jones has owned a beer is that the Falcons right at the death of the game this is inside the two minute warning managed to get a stop on third and one but the Saints threw the ball and it was like third and half a yard right the Saints threw the ball which really indicates to me that they're going to go for it on fourth down not kick the field goal to tie it up they're going to go for it if they're throwing on third and a half yard they're thinking to themselves we've got two downs here we're going to go for it again they they decline a holding penalty on the Saints offence thinking they'll kick the field goal and it'll be levelled up trust your defence Dan Quinn trust your defence with third and 11 at the depth pushing them right to the edge of field goal range to get a stop in that situation. Really, really disappointing from Dan Quinn, that call. They get a quarterback sneak on fourth and one. It kept the drive alive, but then Deion Jones did get the interception. So Dan Quinn, a bad head coaching decision, saved by a great defensive play. And then right at the end... Sean Payton and I felt almost a little bit sorry for him which is really saying something when it comes to Sean Payton he runs onto the field attempting to call a timeout because nobody's paying attention to him the Falcons actually fumbled the ball and Wes Wes, um, something I can't remember his name the Falcons lineman um, fell on the ball but all of the officials had obviously had their attention taken by the fumble and Payton ran onto the field indicating he wanted a timeout but really aggressively ran onto the field Uh, the referee saw it as a, a unsportsmanlike conduct through a flag and it gave the Falcons the first down that they needed to win the game so in the end when I was saying that it was 8 of 20 at the start of the fourth quarter it ended up being 9 of the, bra- of the uh, Atlanta first downs came from penalties interesting afterwards Cam Jordan spoke to the media for a long time but really was clearly biting his tongue about trying not to blame the refs for penalties 16 days time these two go head-to-head again. What a game that promises to be in New Orleans. I cannot wait for that one. Uh, let's address the John Dorsey situation. The new GM of uh, the Cleveland Browns, they fired Sashi Brown yesterday morning, brought John Dorsey in the same day. Um, look, there's plenty to kind of get into with this decision, and there's a, there's been a question mark over just how well they fulfilled the Rooney rule and how many other people they interviewed, but it's clear that they had made this decision some time ago. When Dorsey was at the Chiefs, they were 43-21, went to the playoffs every single year, and and he was, he was a good drafter. We'll go through some of those picks. Uh, from a Browns perspective, it's interesting. They've dropped Sashi Brown, the man who ha- was the analytics guy, but they're keeping Hugh Jackson, a guy who by the end of this season could be 1-31 over the course of the last two seasons and have confirmed he's definitely starting for next year. Uh, are we not at a point now where we look... Uh, Hugh Jackson and we say to ourselves surely surely at this point some people are just made to be great coordinators some people are made to be head coaches I'm starting to think that he might be the former rather than the latter but uh, John Dorsey comes in five picks in the first two rounds he's got coming up he's got a massive decision to make over whether he's going to take a quarterback at the number one overall, I think he has to for the sake of the Browns. Even though for John Dorsey, it's essentially going live or die. There's no point in trading down to try and amass picks. Like I say, you've got two in, you've got five in the first two rounds, two in the first round, three in the second round. Use them, take your quarterback. What I did, like I, I went back on my taxi into work today. Uh, I'm doing the early shift. I'm recording this at about five thirty in the morning. Um, is that? Uh, we I listened back to uh, John Dorsey speaking on Adam Schefter's podcast know them from Adam uh, about three weeks ago and I listened back to that interview and I was really impressed that throughout his time since he was fired by the Chiefs in June after this year's draft he has spent every day gets up in the morning has a workout has a coffee and then goes down to his basement his man shed his his room of solace and scouts players, sits watching college film. He knows a lot about the quarterbacks coming out in this draft already. He's ahead of the eight ball because he was thinking to himself, I might get an opportunity this year. It's likely to be with a bad team. That's how these things work. So I'm going to make sure I've put the work in before they bring me into the door. That I found really impressive. And then you look at who he drafted the Chiefs. I always thought his firing by the Chiefs was harsh. Uh, yes, he missed on someone like Eric Fisher and the offensive line had problems, but Late round picks on the likes of Tyreek Hill, taking Chris Jones two years ago, who's had a brilliant second year. Marcus Peters, uh, both Mitch Morse and Lauren Duvenet Tardif have worked out on that line. Travis Kelsey was a Glenn Dorsey pick. DJ Alexander, Pat Mahomes and Kareem Hunt this past year. D Ford, over his four years in Kansas City, he drafted some good players and helped them build a good roster. I like the hire. I just think they should have hired him and a new head coach at the same time and gone for the rebuild. If they were going to clean house, clean house properly but who am I to say maybe Hugh Jackson will take this team to 6 and 10 next year and we'll be really impressed yeah. right let's go to Greg Jennings I spoke actually uh, The I was meant to go and see Greg Jennings at the NFL UK offices yesterday but um, he ended up having issues with his flight so I'm now speaking to him this morning on the phone uh, that interview up next uh, and I, I might even get a John Dorsey question in with him he was at Green Bay, he was at Green Bay for twenty odd years, and he was at Green Bay. He won two Super Bowls there. Uh, he was director of scouting when Greg Jennings was uh, was drafted. So I just wonder if he had any interactions with him. Maybe I'll ask about that when I speak to Greg Jennings. Here is the former Green Bay Packers Super Bowl winner and Minnesota Viking. Greg Jennings. Delighted to be joined on the show now. It, it might now be the football playing guest we've had on the most regularly. It seems like at least once a season over the last five years. We've sat down with him at the Super Bowl a few times, spoke with him as a Viking, spoke with him as a Dolphin as well. Uh, now retired, a Super Bowl winner with the Green Bay Packers, Greg Jennings joins us. Uh, morning to you, Greg. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, so, a lot of fans will have seen that you uh, were on the the NFL coverage on BBC earlier this week. What's uh, what's this trip over to England in aid of?
2: Uh, just you know, talking about uh, football and brand sponsors, new era appearance, and just really trying to uh, continue to expand our game and, and inform uh, fans of our game of american football and what we do and why it's so important even over here
0: i saw you did your first game in the booth this past weekend we caught a bit of it on red zone as well how'd you enjoy that
2: i did it was it was a, a very unique experience um a different sort of high if you will uh versus playing uh, but definitely one an experience that I'll remember, uh, and hopefully I get a chance to do it again. But it, it it was unique calling a game in in the stadium that started my career uh, in the NFL, and it was very very humbling and uh, a very appreciative moment for
0: me. Something you'd like to to keep doing going forwards then. It is
2: something that I'll potentially want to entertain. Um, I'm not certain of how frequent um, that will be, but um, I'll sit down and assess the situation and see, uh, number one, after reviewing everything, um, how it looked, how it sounded, uh, ways I can get better, and then uh, we'll go from there.
0: To be like watching film back going back watching over what you did what you we didn't do where where you can improve it's uh you know it's no different really to playing
2: yeah it, it really is it, there's a lot of similarities and uh um i think the number one thing that i enjoyed most is is getting the opportunity to sit down with the players and the coaches and talk about their philosophies and um strategies and just just their football, get get within their football minds um, to be able to help you uh, call the game. But for me, yes, yeah, going back and reviewing all the the sound in seeing like voice inflection and and (laughs) different things like that uh it'll it'll be fun
0: just me it's one of my doing radio it's one of my least favorite things is going back and listening to myself so uh (laughs) it's it's cringeworthy at first i promise you that but uh you'll learn a lot it's definitely worth doing um of course you were there for the win over the Bucks for the Packers your former team. From what you saw from that offense from that run game, are you are you confident that they can go into to Cleveland this weekend and and get the win that they need to to give them that boost before Aaron comes back?
2: You know I'm 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 hopeful. I don't know how confident I am, but uh I am hopeful when when you look at their offense and you see how um challenged they are uh, when it comes to throwing the ball and passing their passing attack, if a team can make you one-dimensional, it, it makes it that much easier for you to be defeated. And, and for me, in this game, in the passing league, um, they, they rely heavily on the success of running the ball right now for them to win games. And um, pending what Cleveland can do up front, with their front seven to eliminate their, the Green Bay Packers running game, we'll, we'll really have to see or get an opportunity to see what Brett Hundley can do. And he's been – he, although he's very smart um, and I root for him, we have yet to see the consistent play at that quarterback position that is needed. Um, and that we I, – honestly, I would have expected to kind of see – And have wanted to see him grow and sustain some of that success and kind of stack some of those successes that he had you know, in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks
0: ago. I mean, you were there for the, the changeover from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And whilst this obviously isn't a changeover, you don't always get to have a backup quite as good as Aaron Rodgers to be able to step in and uh, when you do make the transition, whether it be for injury or for any other reason. But say they do get the win at Cleveland this weekend, you, you look at the rest of the run, Carolina, home to the Vikings, at the Lions... It, with if if Rogers does come back after this weekend and they do get the win, is there some feeling they can win out with three pretty tough games to go?
2: Yeah, that is definitely the sense and definitely the feeling when you have a player who is as excellent um, and as elite and as special as Aaron Rodgers you know you have a chance. And I think that's that's what they're trying to get to, um, which is why <clears throat> this game, I think, presents a completely different uh, pressure uh, for them, which is why I'm, I'm not, I can't say I'm confident. And should they win? Absolutely. But you have an opportunity where your ace, if you will, comes off the bench and he can carry you the rest of the way. And we all know that he's he's done it before and he's more than capable of doing it. Um, will it be enough? That's t- to be seen. But can they get it done? They can definitely get it done with him at the helm.
0: I- I'm intrigued, Greg. I read a story the other day about how, you know, as as a Michigan guy, as a guy who'd lived up there in the cold north uh, all your life, Green Bay wasn't necessarily the landing spot you wanted in the draft try and get yourself some sun try and get yourself some warmth Uh, and yet you've ended up at the end of your career back in minneapolis back in minnesota where the vikings are looking so impressive at the moment firstly why have you stayed up in the cold but but also i heard you talk about case keenum on the bbc show the other day could anyone have predicted what this offense could do this year with case keenum at the helm
2: Well, first, to answer your first question, I I stayed in the cold. Uh, You know, our kids were in school. They were of age to where we didn't really want to move them, Um, and we thought, you know what, the best thing is to stick with the the schools that they're in, and and it just so happened to be there in Minnesota. Um, Moving on to the case Keenum, you know, I I don't think anyone could have predicted it. I don't even believe that he would have predicted it. (laughs) Um, But I I do know one thing. I I know he's a competitor and that those guys in that locker room really believe in him. Um, And when you have the support of the guys in your locker room and the confidence and the belief of the guys around you, it pulls everything that you sometimes didn't know that you had in you out of you. And I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, even with the level of play of their offensive line, They've allowed him to stand there and stand back there and, and and make plays for them and make the throws that are necessary for them to continue to have success. And I think he knows that he's protected by one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL. So it's a matter of just keeping the ball away from your opponent not giving them more opportunities and, and putting the ball in the end zone from time to time.
0: I'd love because to pick your
2: defense. Are they going to give up too much?
0: Yeah, indeed. I'd love to pick your brains on one player in particular from that team as a a guy who's one of the, the best wide receivers in the league over the last decade the development of Adam Thielen as a weapon in that offense now ascending to a level where he could easily make all pro this year definitely got to be a pro bowler Uh, what an amazing transition that guy's had over the last four years
2: without question Adam Thielen has been such a bright spot he's always been a a really hard-working young man um, from the moment he entered into this league, his work ethic always stood out and I think he this is why he 's been rewarded for the green bay uh, the Green bay Packers <laughs> for the Minnesota vikings um, with being able to play and giving him the starting position uh this year um, and a lot of the workload and I think because he 's so consistent and his work ethic is so prevalent uh you 've seen him grow with the young quarterback, um, in, in Case Keenum, where they've grown and have they have the most chemistry, uh, pretty much it, on that team, and it's something to watch because just watching him grow and watching him work, nothing has changed. He he continues to work hard like he like he was when he was a rookie. Um, he catches everything you throw in his direction, um, and he's just—he's a great—he's a great guy to be around.
0: Love to hear that, Greg, um, I just want to ask you about a couple of the wider issues before we finish off in in the NFL at the moment, because it's been one of those weeks where we love to focus on the quality of the football. A great Thursday night game last night. I don't know if you stayed up till one in the morning to watch that one, but uh, uh, it's been a week where it's kind of been a little bit. Um, we've had that go to the background in favour of some other issues. We've had the the suspensions of the likes of Rob Gronkowski and Juju Smith-Schuster. And I don't know if you saw Mike Mitchell's comments, the, the Pittsburgh safety, but uh, about the way that contact is being addressed in the league at the moment. I mean, from what you saw as a wide receiver who had to get downfield and had to block, from, say, something like Juju Smith-Schuster or something like the hit from George Iloka... Uh, is there an issue with the way that we we address contact, the way we look at slow motion replays and and don't kind of take the speed of the game into account um
2: I think that that's a case to be had. you know when you look at it from from a receiver's perspective, um, I even believe that i mean it's so bang bang and and when you're playing the game that fast and being that instinctive. You're going to have collisions like that. You're going to, and 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 as in my opinion, as long as it is uh, above the belt, meaning it's legal, and it's football, man. It, this is this is the game that we've played. This is the game that we grew up playing, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna have blows to the head. You're gonna, it, but they're not all intentional. Like and that's the thing, and I, I don't think. I honestly don't think 95% of it is intentional. Now, you get the, you get a couple instances where you get some that may have a track record and you kind of question, so you throw it on, yeah, that was intentional. But 95% of the time, guys are just trying to get the guy down to the ground and trying to just make a play. And no one's thinking, um, is he a uh, a defenseless receiver or runner, or no one's thinking about that. It's just a matter of if, if who has the ball and how quickly can you get them to the ground. And I think even the the bang bang catch and hit uh, in the in the Pittsburgh Bengals game, it, it it's a clean hit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, did he did he did he make contact with his head? Absolutely, but. You can't you can't ask a defender to okay think about where you're gonna hit him and try to jar the bar try to jar the ball loose and you're in the end zone and you are you this team is coming back and they're gonna it's it's just a lot it's like at at some point yeah it's just you got to play the game and I get I get where the league is coming from you you want to protect the shield you want to protect. Your players, your product that you're putting out there, and I think that's all great, but when it comes to the replays and the rule changes um should- should players get get penalized, okay, sure, let's do that, but to find a player every time they have a blow to the head or to suspend a guy for, in my opinion, what was a vicious block um and would be would be commended and applauded if we weren't playing in the league that we're playing in currently under the rules. I should say that we're playing under currently. It's it's taken away a lot from the game and and again, like I said, as a, as a league ambassador, I get I get trying to protect the product that we put out there and being able to have a product to put out there. Which is why you're implementing all these things, but you're for the product that is out there, for the guys that are out there, you're watering down the game. Yeah. You're making it you're you're making it a challenge for them to enjoy and to do what they love to do. You're almost telling them, Okay, I know you love to do this, but you can't do it like this. And that's that's unfair, in my opinion.
0: That's fascinating stuff. Look, Greg, this is the last one from me, and we'll let you go. I know you've got so busy while you're over. Um, When you look at all of this this week, and I think what's so key about what you're saying there is... It amazes me that Rob Gronkowski only gets one game for something which is malicious and after the play, versus something that happens in the moment and at full speed, and they get the same suspension. But when you add that into the mix, you add Roger Goodell's new contract, everything that's happened with Tom Brady and Ezekiel Elliott over the last couple of years. So much focus on the kind of war of words. It feels almost like between the NFLPA and and between the and between the league. I'm really concerned this next CBA coming up in just a couple of years' time is going to see us come to a real loggerhead. Is there any concern amongst players that we could see another kind of lockout situation like we did not so long ago?
2: Yeah, there's always potential for lockout. Um, And Will, let let me ask you this. If you were in Roger Goodell's shoes and you were signing that contract or you knew you were on the brink of signing that contract,
0: how much would you truly care? <laughs> <laughs> and, Greg, it's a completely fair question. $40 million a year. Uh, I, if I had to be you know, the most hated man in America for $40 million a year, I'd probably do it.
2: Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I said that to someone the other day. Like, I mean, I would... You know, I wouldn't mind you not caring for me for a while. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm I'm okay. I think I'm going to be okay with you hating me or disliking me or not agreeing with what uh, my my opinions are. Um, but yeah, it's 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 challenging. Um, there's so much that is that's going on in the league, and, and I think that. You you have to get a better handle on it, and you have to become more consistent. And I think that's the thing that's becoming frustrating. It the way the game is being called and the disciplinary actions that are being handed out they're so inconsistent that you're 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 causing everyone to then question the one who is making the judgment call. And, and that's ultimately Roger Goodell. And so I think this is something that definitely has to get addressed. And, and you mentioned the, the NFLPA and, and the collective bargaining agreement coming up in, in a few years. It's, it's, it's all, I believe these are all realistic things that, that there, there could be a lockout there. The players, if, if they're smart, they will do what's best for the players, um, but not not all players can can do that because they they're financially stricken. So we'll see.
0: Look, Greg, uh, really fascinating stuff. Really appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully, I assume you'll be around in Minneapolis, your new hometown for the Super Bowl this year. Hopefully, we can catch up on Radio Row again and and keep putting the world to rights
2: absolutely sounds good I think I I might be in town for that
0: (laughs) (laughs) good man thank you so much for your time
1: alright thanks we'll appreciate it
0: that was Greg Jennings Super Bowl winning Green Bay Packer what a guy shame that they couldn't do the interview at a time when you weren't working
1: well I think that's because you arranged it (laughs) purposely so that it was for a time when I was working I thought we said no tetchiness come on now look you know yeah okay I I will give you this one time the benefit of the doubt look what we said was we're gonna uh, we're gonna get together we're gonna
0: uh, I I mean the thing is he will be he is a Minneapolis native he will be out in the Super Bowl this year Uh, he'll be doing loads of Super Bowl it might end up being a bit of a Warren Moon situation although we don't talk about Warren Moon now yeah exactly he's a who in everyone's book right now Um, but we um It could end up being one of those situations where, because he's a local, he might just be pulled pillar to post and won't have enough time for us while he's out there. He might be too big for the proverbial boots. But, uh, yeah, he's a delight, as he always was, and uh, really interesting to get his thoughts on uh, everything we just got his thoughts on. All the things. Shall we look forward to the weekend's games, Ollie? Yeah, let's do it. Shall we start off
1: with dem Minnesota Vikings? Well, yeah, I mean, surely you've spoken to Greg about them and... No, you probably didn't. No, I did. I yeah, talked okay. to, I
0: talked to him about... It helps if you've heard the interview before we do this, but he's a good buddy of Case Keenum's. So we talked to Case Keenum. Oh! And Case Keenum looks to continue his fan run of form.
1: A <laughs> fan run.
0: Because there's an argument that Case Keenum this season... I mean, pro bowl level, definitely. Borderline all pro level. He's been absolutely brilliant this year. And the Vikings have to face the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. And yet... Despite the tough road trip, despite the fact that Carolina have been great at home this year, I like them Vikings. I really, really like what their defence is doing. Um, They're allowing so few rushing yards to quarterbacks. They're allowing so few passing yards to quarterbacks. Cam Newton has struggled through the air all season. And, uh, yeah, I I just think that Vikings defence is so... It just plays basic... Just cover two, cover four, doesn't do anything fancy, does it all really well. And uh, I, it's, I will struggle to pick against the Vikings again this season while the defence is playing at the level it is right now. They're
1: so dominant, Donovan? Dominant, aren't <laughs> they? I like Donovan. They're so dominant. and that, It's like a minced donor. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Donovan. Yeah, OK. Um, just the way that they they're swarming, led by Harrison Smith, who again is... The best safety in the in the league, I would say so. I think he's so good, and everybody is playing almost to that level as well. I love what the Vikings do on defense, and then on offense, you've got Adam Thielen just playing incredibly lights out football. I think James Bradbury, who spoke to it that when we went to watch um, when we went to watch the Panthers blow out the Miami Dolphins, I think him and the rest of that cornerback and uh, defensive backfield core will have a real struggle against Thielen and or Diggs because if it's not Thielen, Diggs turns up. Sometimes both of them turn up and they are looking great.
0: Earl Thomas, number one. Harrison Smith, number two. Cam Chancellor, number three.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I love then that. There, it, There's some then good safeties in the league. Direct, yeah, yeah. Ha-ha's great. I love a ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, whisper it. I think the Vikings might win out. I which is bad news for you. I think the Vikings th- might win out. No, but, that's good news for me. No, I thought you were playing the Vikings on Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, no, that's
1: bad news for me. I forgot that we're playing them. But I don't think they'll win out. I think we'll beat the Vikings. <laughs> the but Aramoges, I think they'll go 4-1. and one. I'm saying there's a chance. 3-1 and, four, three and one over the last um, four games.
0: If they go 3-1 and one over the last four games... Are the Eagles going to lose again? Could lose against the Rams? I'm just... Yeah, I t- I'm just... The idea... That Minnesota might not only be the first team to ever play a home Super Bowl, but they could have done it by winning at home the two previous weeks. I mean, the, that place will be a fortress by the time they get to the Super Bowl. It would be awesome to be in Minneapolis when there is a Vikings team there playing in the Super Bowl. That'd be
1: amazing. Well, yeah, for you, maybe. Why not for you? Come on. I'm be a Green good Bay guy. Packer fan. Be a good guy. Not, well. Am I a good guy? You know I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of women out there who know I'm not. Oh,
0: buddy, don't say that.
1: You know, I don't want them to get to the Super Bowl. Why would I want that?
0: Yeah, but if it's going to be in Minneapolis, are you not saying that you're going to be in any way, like, wrapped up in the in the excitement of it
1: of uh, course I'll get wrapped up in the excitement of it you've met me you know me I go way overboard with all of these things I'll end up buying a jersey more like and end up, <laughs> my favourite colour's purple and all of that that's what will happen I know it will happen I hate myself for it
0: you're going to be wearing your Adam Thielen jersey my to Adam, the game
1: yeah I will
0: uh, you'll I even, have your Latavius Murray jersey you know that's never going to
1: happen <laughs>
0: i don't I, no matter how much i like the vikings this year i will never Do buy you know what? I would, jersey. i'd probably
1: get a smith jersey if you had to force me to get and buy another person's jersey it would be harrison smith
0: uh, uh, specifically a vikings jersey if i had to force you to get any other jersey in the league that wasn't a package jersey you know it'd be a c-mac jersey
1: oh it might be antonio brown oh interesting but i still think it'd be a c-mac jersey. it might be because of number 22 harrison smith also plays in 22 you love a 22 don't you i, I still think it's a an article that could be had could, could be had um it was right. shot down by matt sherry out of order uh, uh yeah i mean it wasn't shot down
0: by him i think the idea when you were going to suggest like the top five 22s was one thing it's when you started getting kind of really big on it
1: 22 uh, at 22
0: yeah i th- what's wrong uh, with that I think it's a terrible idea.
1: Why is that a terrible idea? There's because some really there, interesting players that play in twenty two.
0: There aren't twenty four good tw- twenty two good twenty twos. I
1: they- bet you there are. I bet you there
0: are. Why don't you spend the rest of the podcast researching all the 22s in the league while I spend the rest of the podcast talking about actual football?
1: Fine, I will. Is that all right? Yeah.
0: Uh, Right, there's a few other uh, six o'clock here. It's a weird one this week because there's a a nearly direct split between six o'clock games and and late games. Um, And also, we're going to be speaking to Ben Mortimer in a little while and we'll preview Sunday Night Football with him. So I'm going to jump right, right ahead and say... Do the New England Patriots have any chance of losing in Miami to the Dolphins with no Rob Gronkowski? No. There we go. Let's talk about the rest of the six o'clock games. (laughs) Uh, The Browns aim to snap their winless streak at the First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio as they take on the Brett Hundley-led Green Bay Packers. Hundley now uh, uh, basically completing uh, around about 55%. Five touchdowns, eight interceptions. It's not really going his way. But surely the Packers, with that run game that emerged beautifully against the Buccaneers, and with a defence that plays to a decent enough level, are going to be
1: fine against the Browns on the road, right? I generally am a pessimist when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, especially since Aaron Rodgers has gone down with injury. However, Could going up... He's coming back next week. He's back back next week. Next week. He just, we back just next need week. to get Could through this one game. Week. Brett Hundley... They've limited even further the amount that he throws the ball. It was only 84 yards through the air last week, which is, is shocking. which is abysmal. But when you have a bona fide two-headed monster in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who Aaron Jones, before he went out, was looking great. He obviously ha- uh, won the game with that uh, overtime-winning rush of 20 yards or so. His only run-, run of the game, and only because Jamal Williams was tired... Then Jamal Williams has been brilliant over the last four or five weeks. I think the running game is where Green Bay will win it. There you go. The defense is playing pretty well as well, but it is all about that running game. They need to shut down Josh Gordon, who you, I think, thinks will have a big game. I think he'll have a big
0: game I, I think he was brilliant last week um, there was uh, there was some uh, game speed issues there was one point where there was a broken play where Josh Gordon uh, had a, a deep route he went about 30-35 yards downfield and on the next play got basically started to jog back towards the huddle and got signalled off the field and replaced for the next play because they knew that having run 30, 35 yards he needed a little breather. He was gassed. So he's not... He was gassed, exactly. So he's not at game speed yet but um, for... the The guy is... Has Hall of Fame level talent. I know that sounds ridiculous for someone who's only had one great season in the NFL and has only played four games now in the past three years but... Pure talent basis, there's nothing that says to me that Josh Gordon couldn't be a pure number one receiver in this league and up there in the conversation of the top two, three league receivers in the NFL. He just needs to get his head on straight, get fit. Perform on a regular basis. So I would just be concerned that maybe. And the problem is, Deshaun Kaiser doesn't help him because he horrendously overthrows people left, right, and centre. His accuracy is dreadful. In fact, this might be the least accurate quarterback matchup <laughs> in recent NFL history. It's going to be ugly. There's lots of ugly throws in this game.
1: Yeah, I'd agree.
0: Uh, but I'm going to take the Packers
1: yes and that was the right thing to do
0: Uh, what about the Oakland Raiders against the Kansas City Chiefs no Marcus Peters we discussed yesterday Michael Crabtree returning Amari Cooper maybe returning as well from concussion in Kansas City and the thing is I did it again last week I said I wasn't going to pick the Chiefs because I was so sick of picking them and them winning and I went and picked them again I couldn't bring myself to pick the Jets and they went and lost again should I pick the Raiders this week? Uh Yeah. Well, do you want the Chiefs to win? Yeah, I mean, I want them... No, I kind of want the Chargers to win the AFC West now.
1: So then pick the Chiefs and they'll lose again.
0: They're not going to lose to the Raiders. The yeah, Raiders we were awful the against the Giants last week. Surely, in their building, all that talent. That will get the Marcus Peters thing, will give them their defence a kick in the bum. They're getting the big plays back last week. It was a freak loss to the Jets. Indiscipline was their biggest problem against the Jets because there was the... Um, when they had the the red zone opportunity, the Jets, they must have had 15 plays inside the red zone because they kept giving penalties away and eventually Josh McCown went for the one-yard plunge on the touchdown. But that was like the fourth set of downs he'd had. They, they, it was like a 15-play drive that only went for about 40 yards. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, uh, but the Raiders were dreadful against the Giants last week. Like genuinely undeserving of that victory and lucky to get it. One or two good drives from Derek Carr, but I thought overall he was pretty poor and yes, he didn't have a lot from his receiving core and yes, the protection isn't so great in the passing. The concern may be, what are the Chiefs like against the run this year overall? Because actually, for someone who's been pretty pessimistic and pretty doubtful of what Marshawn Lynch could bring to the league,
1: that was a good game. Marshawn Lynch has been playing really well the last four or five maybe six weeks well I don't know if I'm ready to say that I'm telling you you check the stats he's been playing he's been running really well you check him I'm not going to check him I'm checking other stats right now (laughs) well look Marshall Lynch has been playing really well I'm not sure what the the run I've got a feeling it's okay the run defense from the Chiefs Uh, so look going into Arrowhead they have to win they have to win this I think the offense is looking great Now that uh, Andy Reid has given up the play calling, Uh, Alex Smith had a great game last week. They need to still get some more out of Kareem Hunt, but it's that defense that I worry about. They still have um, uh, not Lamar Hughes, Justin Houston, but he didn't make any tackles last week, which is weird. Just weird, weird, weird. Joe, I'm taking the Chiefs. They're going to get off the snide. It's going to happen. Yeah, why is that? What have you just found?
0: I don't know. No particular reason. Oh come on. Their thirtieth DVOA against the run. 30th in the league that's not good no it's not Uh, Marshall Lynch is going to have a massive day and the Raiders are probably going to win but I'm going to take the Chiefs because I'm blind in my faith
1: I have also taken the Chiefs
0: Uh, the Bills at 6 and 6 welcome the Indianapolis Colts at 3 and 9 into Orchard Park Bill's still very much in the playoff hunt. Uh, a tough game against the Patriots last week, although defensively they managed to keep the Patriots out of the end zone for the first half and only and they let up a, ba- a pair of quite bad Rex Burkhead touchdown runs but didn't let up one passing touchdown. Um, I, I, I just... The Colts are just so talent poor. And they've, been, they've had weeks where they've looked better than the team that we think they are. But, uh, you know, Buffalo at home... This is a, there's do you know there's no line on this game. They're basically considered exactly evens equal as being likely winners. So you're saying it's a tie? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to take I'm going to take the bills. I'm going to take the bills with Tyrod Taylor to keep pushing the uh, to keep pushing. Oh no, they're not going to have Tyrod Taylor. Oh, mm. there's going to be Nate Peterman. Forget that. The Colts are going to win. Forgot that Tyrod Taylor was injured.
1: I've just also I need to i just forgot that Tyrod Taylor injured. I need to rechange my a rechange. I need to change my picks on Gridiron Pick'em. Um, is he? De- is he definitely out? Do we know that for certain? Well, I'm he, just did- looking he didn't now. practice on Wednesday's practice report. So, with a knee, it looked bad. It'll be a game time decision for me. If Tyrell Taylor is out, I'm picking the Colts, and that's what I'm picking right now. However, if he is going to play, I will take the Bills. That's what I'm doing. I've changed it. I'm going to change
0: it to the Colts, and I might not even change it back if he's there. I'm concerned that I don't know how good he's going to be. No mobility is a problem.
1: And that's what he is. He's a mobile quarterback.
0: Very much so. Uh, Well, that helps the AFC wildcard race get a bit clearer if they lose. Um, Oh, Lions Buccaneers. God, some ugly games this weekend. Um, I think the Lions season is starting to, to go off a cliff a little bit. I think their lack of depth in their squad... Is becoming more and more apparent uh, by the week. There's elements of this team we like. I think we've talked about them a lot this year, but there's still no run game, um, and they basically have to win out at this point. Much like you find selves, if they're going to have any chance whatsoever, yeah. got absolutely drubbed by Baltimore last week. And we're going to we speak to going to speak to Ben in a bit, but we'll talk about how the Baltimore passing game took a it took an uptick this past week if you're giving up passing yards to Joe Flacco right now, I'm not into you. I'm not into you at all. But then I
1: don't really like the Buccaneers either. Uh, Look, look, uh, Jameis Winston was coming back and it was his first game back off of a a, a, quite a lengthy injury layoff. And he still managed to put some yards up against Green Bay. I don't really like what they've got going on on the ground. However, when you've got Cameron Bray over the middle OJ Howard over the middle Deshaun Jackson making plays on the sideline And Mike Evans is always a threat Jameis Winston with an extra week of practice And rehab, rehab under his belt Seven sacks though Against a Green Bay line that's not been that great this year At getting to the quarterback seven, Two and a half to Clay Matthews Who everyone was saying was done I'm I still s- I still think he is done I'm... yeah I'm. I, you can't give up seven sacks the next week again and especially to the Lions who don't have that great defensive line Ziggy answer apart I am taking the Buccaneers I'm going to take the Lions
0: just because we've agreed too much over the last two days uh, the banged up Houston Texans hosting Garoppolo that's what they're calling them now they're not called the 49ers this this headline says banged up Texans host Garoppolo comma 49ers might as well put
1: 49ers in brackets um, are you saying now Garoppolo is bigger so if it was a movie, he would have a bigger name <laughs> at the top than the actual movie title. Uh, based
0: on the performances this season, yes. Um, the, the It was a really impressive performance last week um, in the win over uh, Chicago. Um, and I, I watched a press conference with Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday where he was... I mean, he, I think he's very impressive when he speaks anyway, but talking about the red zone efficiency issues and where he thought those problems were he had an amazing connection with trent taylor the slot receiver who went who uh five six catches fifth round rookie this year wow. i think i think that position is is sorted he's been good all year trent taylor for the 49ers but really good last weekend five or six catches for 93 yards uh, I, You know, he's their guy for the future. And actually, this is why I was being really positive on, on John Lynch recently. This is the most positivity I've had about the 49ers in, in a long time. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Ollie, because we've talked about them for more than 20 seconds. Um, they are getting play out of Akilah uh, Witherspoon, the sixth round corner pick. They're getting play out of Trent Taylor, the fifth round pick at wide receiver. Uh, John Lynch had a good talent for uh, a talent assessment draft. I think he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Going to be interesting to see uh, how Garoppolo handles uh, the Texans' defence and most specifically, the one man who keeps this defence ticking over, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, A bit of pressure on him. He has been known to to throw slightly wildly under a bit of pressure. But uh, much like the man he's learnt under, Tom Brady... But am I re- am I crazy to think about a third 49ers win two in two weeks?
1: I don't think you are. The Garoppolo factor is huge. However, they scraped past last week. I quite like the Texans in their own building. Tom Savage played pretty well against Tennessee despite them losing 365 yards a career high. DeAndre Hopkins is having a really good season And he likes that building as well As we saw uh, against the Colts I'm taking the Texans
0: I love Eddie Pleasant as do, well I do, think do, Eddie
1: Pleasant's having a great year in defence Do you know be nice? Uh, Garoppolo to
0: play really well And us to lose a tight game
1: <laughs> Garoppolo to put up you know, 27 points and you lose 28-27 Yeah that would be delightful. Okay. That would be perfect. Fumble from Carlos Hyde, run back. No, not Carlos. Not Carlos. Carl check yeah. He fumbles it?
0: <laughs> no, no,
1: no, because we paid him too much money. Who's going to fumble it? I, <laughs> someone's going to fumble it. Who do you want to fumble it? I want Jimmy Garoppolo to
0: fumble it, for it but for it to not be his
1: fault. No. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> like okay. the
0: interception last week that wasn't his <laughs> a fault. A
1: Garoppolo fumble um, on a blown a uh, offensive line coverage from a from a safety coming coming do down. Eddie what? Pleasant. Eddie Pleasant fumble.
0: I'm gonna take the forty ers
1: You go for it, buddy. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. What did Matt Sherry take there?
0: Uh, I think he took the 49ers as well actually uh, Bears Bengals because we haven't talked about enough bad football games today Bengals now at 5 and 7 after losing Monday Night Football from a position of spectacular strength go up against the Chicago Bears who refuse to throw the ball with Mitchell Trubisky unless they're behind I think that's going to be the case in this game because I am taking the Bengals
1: yeah Bengals for me AJ had a great game I love AJ Green one of my favourite players in the whole of the NFL Uh, They may be without Joe Mixon. However, Gio Bernard had a really good game against the Steelers as well. So uh, I think the Bears are terrible. Into the 9pm games and back to the good ones as the Philadelphia Eagles look
0: to bounce back from what was basically a pretty piss-poor performance on Sunday Night Football time management issues, quarterback issues. I couldn't get the run game going. They just looked like they absolutely choked in Seattle in a massive way. But sometimes, Ollie, sometimes those games are what you need. Sometimes you just need reminding that you're not invincible, that you're human, that you need to work hard still, that you need to study. And this game going into Los Angeles against a 9-3 and three Rams side... I just think the Eagles are going to come out and and go statement win. Not, I'm not saying they're going to thrash the Rams. I think the Rams are a really great football team this year. Defensively, they've been great. Do we know if Alec Ogletree is going to be back? Because when he went out in the second half last week, man, did they suffer on defence. They do not look like the same team without him. Um, if Ogletree is unable to play, I apparently he is expected to play despite injuring his elbow. Um, the injury listed as a hyperextension extension. I am going to take the Eagles to win on the road, though. I just... I love what they've been doing this year. I think that was a blip. I don't think that that was an indication of where they're going to go next.
1: I am going to agree with Matt Sherry and take the Rams. Although the Eagles have been... They've stayed out on the West Coast and just um, flew down from Washington to California. I, I just think that the Rams... Have such a great defense, a better defense than that Seattle defense. I'm taking the Rams. All right. Um, Despite it's my, the Wentz, my... Go- it's
0: the Wentz golf Bowl, by the way. Oh we- yeah, should be
1: a great game. The Ron Jaworski bowl. <laughs> nice. Good. Do you remember we chatted to him about both and we all and we
0: all know that Carson Wentz is the man.
1: Ron, by the way, said that. Uh, Ronnie J. Ronnie J. Big fan, big friend of the show. Uh, I can I can say that. I can say that that um, oh that
0: run game against that Rams D they were so bad against Seattle last week but I
1: don't I no I'm convinced I'm convinced the Eagles bounce back is this one where you're going to get one over Matt Sherry
0: yeah I reckon this is one okay. where I get a game back
1: ok Rams for me. Rams for me. What's next?
0: Uh, Another great game in the late slot. Two, eight and four teams. Who'd have thunk it? The Seattle Seahawks, who've clambered their way right back into the playoffs, going and facing the Jacksonville Jaguars in Everbank Field. But who'd have also thought it? The Jags are actually favourite in this one. Uh, Russell Wilson was unbelievable against the Eagles last weekend. And Carson Wentz had that one throw. And by the way, this is that one throw, which has been rated... For me, nowhere near as highly as it deserves to be. Because not only did he find Nelson Aguilar downfield in a situation where he really had no right to, but he was both feet off the ground, being hit whilst he threw it. No base,
1: and yet he got enough power to throw it 50-plus yards in the air. What a guy. And I'll tell you how good it is. Byron Maxwell, the cornerback, didn't think it was going to go anywhere near that far. That's why it overthrew... Him And landed about five yards behind him in Aguilar's hands It was a great throw It was a great
0: throw But Russell Wilson really is putting this team on his back It's insane how much their offence goes through him As we say week in week out Is this the week where Russell Wilson's potential MVP surge Comes down to earth Against
1: that much-vaunted Jags defence It is the week Oh, The Jags struggle to put week-to-week performances together but with the playoffs in sight and the fact that they need to keep pace with the Titans, I think the Jags will have enough this week. That defensive line is insane, insane, and it's better than in, than anything that the Philadelphia Delphi Eagles have. They and lead the NFL in total defense, scoring defense, and passing defense. I'm t- the the when we talk about the line, then we can talk about the. The, um, the the secondary as well I love everything about that I love it Sorry, 10 touchdowns I'm... to 16 picks against them
0: yep. a passer rating of 65.6 Wilson, Wilson enters this one with 96.9 Jalen Ramsey's incredible class Campbell and Yannick and gotway have combined for 22.5 sacks already Campbell setting the franchise single season record with four games still left to play the front four is genuinely phenomenal the the backs are good the linebackers have speed this is the Seattle defence of four years ago that's how good this defence is whereas Seattle whilst they had a great performance against the Eagles last week I'm still convinced they have some weakness at corner they have some weakness in the pass rush they stop the run brilliantly and that's going to be the concern can Blake Bortles after a great performance against the Colts last Mm -hmm. week actually do that against a good (laughs) defence Seattle is no longer a great defence but it's still a good defence and that's my concern I'm going to take the Jags based on the fact that they're going to stop the, the Seahawks but they're going to need Leonard Fournette to have a massive game and it's been a few weeks till he's, since he's really put that offense on his shoulders like he has done in some weeks
1: yeah I agree with you there um, just, just so people at home can uh, keep in touch Matt Sherry has gone for the Seahawks mm. so I'm taking Jags I like the Jags defense against this offensive line so, uh, despite Russell Wilson's escapability, I think it might catch, and I think the Jags will catch up on him, Jags win for me. I also have
0: liked the way that the Cardinals have played in recent weeks, and I think that the Titans might have a real problem going into the University of Phoenix Stadium this weekend. I just... The, the Cardinals have played well at home, they've played decent defensive football, they beat the Jags, obviously, uh, last week, They they... Uh, the Titans just have kind of pooted along. I know that they they lost to the Rams, but there was a, it's a good Rams team on the road. It's a tough game, and they've had a really tough slate of games recently: the, the Seahawks, the Texans. But they've looked good at times in all of them, um, and yet the Titans just they've had a, they had a couple of good wins earlier in the season, but just recently. I got a little bit of doubt about the Titans. Marcus Mariota hasn't lived up to what he's expected to. They keep giving the ball to Demarco Murray despite everything that I beg for them to not do. They've got Kevin Byard, a safety who's playing at the very top level of the NFL this season, but the corners who haven't been brilliant. I, I'm I'm a big big fan of, of maybe a bit of an upset in this game.
1: I have I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Cardinals aren't good enough. There's not enough talent there. Um, I I really like. Kevin Bayard in the in the Titans backfield in the Titans secondary I think he'll shut down anything that the, the, the Cardinals have to offer um, Adrian Peterson may not be back so they're going to have to run with um, Kerwin Williams who had an okay game last week but he's not Peterson and he's nowhere near David Johnson I think the Titans with both Derek Henry and DeMarco Murray their wide receiving core is great Delaney Walker Marcus Mariota I'm taking the Titans the Chargers have well, won... well Sherry's gone for the Cardinals
0: <laughs> oh maybe I'll change it maybe I'll go for the Titans join me jo- <laughs> choose um, uh, the uh, the Chargers have won six uh, six of their last eight three straight and now up to six and six in the AFC West. Washington lost last time out to the Dallas Cowboys and have lost four of their past six to all but fall out of the NFC playoff race. These are two teams trending in very different directions and Washington, one of their big, big problems has been the lack of offensive line play. Um, so many injuries they've suffered there. They had their third choice right guard in at one point last week or the week before. Um, it's very difficult to look past the Chargers pass rush as Washington heads to LA. Uh, it's I, it's got to be the Chargers for us this weekend. I think it's got to be the Chargers, Holly.
1: It's got to be the Chargers,
0: hundred percent, buddy. Let's move. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. there was the big tease from last, uh, from yesterday's show. Was there the Kitwatch tease? Oh, right. The Chargers put out a tweet saying,
0: "Ah, oh, I saw this. We
1: know that you loved the royal blue. I think they called navy, it I the think navy. The navy blue. It. We know you love the navy blue so much. We'll be playing it in this." Or we'll be playing in it on this Sunday hashtag kitwatch
0: great work mate Love three that. more games to talk about or maybe only two more games to talk about uh, I might have done that thing where I don't know if I've opened all the games again we'll find out in a moment
1: No, no 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 you've gone down through all of the games we've only got uh, New York and Denver and then we're going to talk to Ben Mortimer
0: we've only got Dem New York teams left to do basically so the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants in New York with their interim head coach Steve Spagnuolo Uh, Jason Garrett going up against now the longest tenured coach in the NFC East which is slightly bizarre to think about although he has been for a little while Jason Garrett's never been a man that's inspired a huge amount of confidence in me from a head coaching perspective Um, the fact is is that The the Giants are just, between injuries, between being talent poor, between Eli not living up to it. I just, even with the Cowboys' struggles, as they have been without Zeke Elliott, I'd be amazed if they lost this weekend.
1: (laughs) As would I. Alfred Morris looked really good last week. Uh, Des Bryant managed to get a touchdown. He, He looks like he's back. I'm still a bit worried about Cole Beasley, friend of the show, SMU alumni as well. But... Perhaps do they have Sean Lee back? I should probably check the the injury report. Sean Lee should be back. Yeah, if Sean Lee's back, he that's played last week, didn't he? It's a no-brainer. The um the the Cowboys will win. Cowboys uh, easily win.
0: And then Jets at Broncos. Can the Jets miraculous season, as it seemed to be, continue? And they move to six and seven against a Broncos team bidding to snap an eight game slide one of these teams was supposed to be competing for a playoff spot the other was meant to be 0-16 well it's not quite 0-16 for the broncos but it's very much the other way round uh denver has lost eight in a row after a three and one start um clinching their first losing season since 2010 with a 35-9 to loss in miami last week i d- joseph is doing a bad job with that team their offense is falling apart. The defense isn't playing up to the level we expected to. But it's the Jets.
1: Yeah, it is the Jets. But Joshua Cowan's playing arguably his best season of the last seven years, maybe best season ever. He's been playing brilliantly. Robbie Anderson's looked really good. Matt Forte and Bilal Powell are actually working quite nicely in tandem. I like what the Jets are doing. Are Sorry. you gonna take the Jets? Is uh,
0: this is this really happening?
1: Uh, who have I taken?
0: i've taken the jets i'm gonna take the jets why not I've taken the Jets. let's do it they're matt. the better team they've won they've won twice the number of games this season by matt. the end of this weekend uh that
1: is. matt sherry's also taken the jets
0: oh maybe i'll take the Bron- broncos then uh
1: we already talked about monday night football so
0: we can move on to sunday night and we're going to speak with our good friend ben mortimer let's hear from him now right let's uh look forward to sunday night football now the baltimore ravens traveling to the pittsburgh steelers of course it is live on talk sport with me and ollie this sunday night monday morning and i know a pensive ravens fan who uh, also has some other things to chat about is mr ben mortimer from touchdown trips how are you doing buddy i'm um, great Well and ollie i'm um, very well how are you yeah very well mate not too bad mm-hmm. at all as ollie said i'm grumpy because i'm hangry all the time at the moment but otherwise i mean i'm in a good place Okay, that's good.
1: A good place, or a better place, physically than you were two weeks ago. You <laughs> can climb
0: a flight of stairs without getting out of breath. Mentally, okay. <laughs> you are one I of the. I definitely can't do you're that. You're so grouchy. <laughs> you're sponsored by Grouch. <laughs> um, I, I don't think Ben didn't see too much of my grouchy side when we were on tour. I don't think. I hope not.
1: At least Ben. Yes, yeah, because you were eating.
3: Yeah, not really. Well, yeah. I mean, you were you, you were assisted by po boys, weren't you? At that point, but um, <laughs> and Die Hard and Airplane. Um, so uh, that no one's going to get miserable with that with that uh, trifecta.
0: Which were great so. choices, by the way, mate. I'm really glad I chose them.
3: No, yeah, exactly. It was, it was inspired, <laughs> Well, I was, I was glad I was there to witness you choosing them. It was, it was
0: all Ben. It was all Ben. I just purchased the DVDs. He made the decision, and he's been angry about it since.
3: I've not been angry about it because um it was I th- I I'd, I'd definitely put it as maybe 40 60 I think you affirmed it I was not sure about the the selections and, and you oh, just said no, that is that I was is. all
0: over it the moment you said it I was like that's the best thing you've ever done Ben and uh, yeah, you do. you've done some great things but that was uh, that was the one for me um Ben before we get on to Raven Steelers uh we are approaching Playoff season. We're approaching the Super Bowl. We are approaching some January football. Um, uh, are there some exciting New Year's packages to tell people
3: about? oh uh, yeah, yeah, there are. Funnily enough, um, I uh, we've, we've uh, done a few of those in the last couple of weeks, and um, it, obviously, New Year's always a fun time to spend in the US, anyway, because um, they do. The fireworks well and the parties well, and things like that. So, um, you know, you've got a lot of divisional games in week 17, so you do run the risk sometimes that you're going to get maybe a lame duck game, but um, I think some of them are going to shape up quite well anyway, um, going into trying to get, you know, number one seeds and things like that. I think even things like, you know, um, New England are playing the Jets in the last game, and um, if, if Pittsburgh are still uh, neck and neck with them on. Um, on, on record, then they might be playing for something. Um, but you know, so so we're doing sort of three game, uh, sort of three night packages over the New Year. Um, get a bit of fireworks in around sort of Boston Harbor or Philadelphia or somewhere you know, New York, somewhere like that. Um, and they're coming out pretty reasonable considering the you know flight costs are, are a bit high around that time. But we can offset that with um, some good rates on the hotels. So New Year's packages are a good idea. Playoff packages are a really good idea because if your team make the playoffs, then um, the flight costs come way down in January. So normally we can put together something really competitive um, to go and see a playoff game, and playoff games are... And pretty special as far as atmosphere goes and the tailgates are even more intense and everyone is a bit more has a bit more dutch courage by the time kickoff comes around so um so those are always good and then we're doing obviously super bowl packages and we do still have some really good super bowl packages um for february so if you want to go to minnesota and see u.s bank stadium um then you'll find that uh, the value package that we have is uh, even though it's super bowl value bear in mind um but it is still um pretty good compared to anything else you'll find
0: I, um, I've i been following friends of the show and, and regular listeners and tweeters and they've come to our parties and everything else Tom and Fiona who are currently out in New York, I like to think we brought them together, I'm not sure that's true are they together? Uh, they are now yeah are they? Uh, yeah isn't that nice? One's a Giants um, fan,
1: one's a comment
3: Jets fan. It's a confidentiality, but uh, yes, apparently
0: it's a it's a Giants fan and a Jets fan, and yeah. uh, they have with touchdown trips gone out to New York, spending and found love. spending a week out there, um, yeah. going to two games at MetLife, a Jets game, and this weekend's Giants Cowboys game. Uh, Tom obviously had a whale of a time at the Jets win over the Chiefs, but yeah. been following their trip. They are having just the best time on social media. They are just just loving life. So uh, it's well worth going out and trying to see a team in the States Uh, saving some pennies and doing it because uh, it's awesome it genuinely is
3: it's genu- it, it, is, it is it is heartwarming that you get you know, opposing fans coming together in the name of love and also um uh, tom obviously as you said has been a long-term listener of, of this show and uh, he's been um extremely enthusiastic about um, you know keeping in touch with us and i'm just really glad that we could put that together because we actually got him you know really quite nice lower level seats for that game and uh, um it probably was the best jets game of the season and they got the win so uh, and also the tailgate was was really good as well they, got, they did tailgate joe and, and and they do a good barbecue as you've experienced so um it was really good to see actually we had a lot of really sort of um heartwarming photos coming through on our twitter feed in the last oh. month about people sort of you know in the stands and, and it's all good it's all good it's really it's awesome
0: feeling feeling good about your decision to uh to go into specifically american sports and stuff
3: Yes, because that's exactly what I wanted people to experience when we started. So to actually you know, do all the work to start the year and get the trips lined up and then actually see people enjoy them is um, rewarding. So it's, it's good to see.
0: Brilliant. Um, shall we talk about this Sunday night football game? Because you're going to Ravens Colts yourself yeah. in a yeah. few weeks' time. Is that, are the Ravens still going to be relevant at that point? Uh, although
3: they are always relevant in some some way, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they will be. Uh, I think I think you know the, the, it helps that the AFC is so uh, so weak this year as far as um, you know uh, playoff viability. So uh, I, I, you know, it's. Uh, I wouldn't expect them necessarily to win uh, on Sunday night in in Pittsburgh, but I think they have a they have a chance. I think that they've um, uh, that they've strung together a few good performances where you know, they they do actually match up pretty well, and obviously with. Juju being out this week and um, hopefully Shazir gets better very soon but um, there's no doubt that does help as he was a major thorn in our side in, uh, in Baltimore so uh, I think they have a chance on Sunday anyway um, but beyond that, you know, obviously they've got the um, the Browns, the Colts and the Bengals at home to finish the season who by that time probably won't be playing for anything so um, yeah, I think they'll, um, uh, they've got a very, very good shot of getting in as a wild card and um, if the defence continues to play um, to the level um, that they have been, and, and provided that uh, Marlon Humphrey can step up and, and play competently at, at second cornerback, then um, you know they should be a, a viable threat in January. Um, I think the, the, the biggest move uh, forward, as far as progress, was the fact that you know the passing offense uh, managed to actually get going uh, on Sunday. Yes. Um, Ish, and the, I mean it's all about the, obviously with, with Joe it's about the protection um, and he actually barely got touched um, on the on Sunday and it was against the Lions but um, it, it still was um, a, a very December, January-ish performance from Flacco um, as we've seen in the past and uh, so that did give me a bit of hope
0: It's the hope that kills you buddy
3: it is but uh... (laughs)
0: But hopefully not on this occasion I I think my concern is with uh, Smith going down for the year you mentioned it there, Marlon Humphrey what he's going to be able to do in that second corner position exactly how that is going to work but if you can make that work then there's no reason that you shouldn't have an opportunity to win against the Steelers it's the in Pittsburgh thing that also concerns me because they are a different team at home I know they've had a couple of less than top results there recently, but they've managed to scrape wins in those situations, and uh, yeah, it's definitely the toughest game left on your schedule, I'm sure if you win out after that you'll still be very much in with a shot at the AFC uh, wildcard race because of the uh, dumpster fire that is the AFC this season, but uh, yeah, I I think this could be one of those games that feels like, if you're competitive but lose, it's not the end of the world
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that you have the Sort of, it's always quoted that you know so many x amount of games are decided by three points between the Steelers and Ravens. No matter what they seem to be doing at any point in their respective seasons, it always seems to be relatively close. I mean, there's been a couple of blowouts in Pittsburgh over the last few years. It's normally when they wear the throwback uniforms and they bring out legends before the game. But I think they did that in the last prime time game. So hopefully they won't do that again. But um, it's I, I think yeah, the, the the Steelers are susceptible um, to the to the passing game. Um, that, been their defensive weakness um, and you know they're, I guess I'm sure the strategy will be to uh, you know they're very good at bringing pressure um, but actually Flacco one of his strengths is actually um, thinking less and, and beating the blitz so uh, it could get some joy on that um, and uh, well, also and I
1: think, Ben I think you get a lot of joy on the ground Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon before you went out injured both had very very good games against the Steelers on Monday Night Football Alex Collins is playing lights out football at the moment Danny Woodhead's back uh, regardless of how well how you may feel about him he's still a pretty good player or has been a pretty good player in his in his time so i you know you could have something interesting going on with the ravens
3: yeah, I think Woodhead's going to be an X-factor in the game. He's been This is his sort of third game back from, from the injury. Um, he's been used sparingly, um, but he is that sort of safety valve that is the perfect blitz-beater, really. Um, and uh, I can see him um, actually having a decent night um, as a compliment to, uh, to Alex Collins. So, um, yeah, I, 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 either way, I, I, I'd be surprised if it's a blowout. I think it is going to be tight, and being a homer, I'd, I'd, I'll... I'll say the Ravens will nick it by three points so
1: that's what you've gone for on the gridiron predictor game
3: Ravens yes game. I have actually I have actually picked the Ravens in that Yeah, as, 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 as I said pre, uh, pre-interview I also picked the Browns against yeah, the yeah you're uh, a disgrace <laughs>
0: uh, look top stuff Ben as always um, and uh, uh, if there is anything uh, else that Ben can do for you uh, they know the places to find but just tell them Ben where do they go
3: They go to TouchdownTrips.com or you go on social media to Facebook slash TouchdownTrips or Twitter slash TouchdownTrips or Instagram slash TouchdownTrips.
0: Ben, you're a hero. Thank you for your time. Thanks,
3: guys. Nice talking to you. What a
0: guy. Uh, I think that kind of rounds us off for the show, Ollie, uh, and for the weekend. We'll be back at the start of next week uh, with a review of the weekend. So, as always, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, do you want to invite me to your Mexican lunch that you didn't go to yesterday? Uh,
0: <laughs> maybe. Let's we'll, we'll see. Let's let's discuss that off air rather than on air because I feel like the tension's brewing a little too much. Well, yeah. people like I'm it when still... we get on when we love each other.
1: Um, well, we got on. We agreed on everything on the last podcast, but apart from the fact that you're trying to. F- you know freeze me out of your life again <laughs> desperately so i don't know why uh, you're doing being like this I so really don't.
0: everyone thank you very much for listening uh, in association with touchdown trips and ben told you where to go but if you do want to uh, find out more information do go and visit and get in contact with ben he's always happy to help otherwise thank you very much for listening this has been the gridiron show Hey guys, it's Devin Sam here from LucasAid Sports Podcast, running the show. Check out this week's episode where we get to meet the one and only Anthony Joshua. Oh my goodness, do you think he wants to be friends with us now? Uh, yeah,
1: mate, he, he told me that he wants to link up and have a bit of sparring. Yeah, sure he did. So head to all your podcast providers and click subscribe now. Also, get in touch with us at LucasAidSport Sport using the hashtag running the show. You will not regret it.